Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IG2G. This is a quarter-end special IG2G. So we're going to have releases for you, and then we're going to have a few topics. Not all the five topics, but we're going to have enough topics. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Let's dive right into it right now. No time to mess around. Hit the intro, Danny. Top five releases. First up, foremost, is another wonderful Switch title that has just been released on the Nintendo Switch. What am I talking about? We're talking about Outlast 2. This wonderful title was developed and published by Red Barrels. If you don't know what it is, it's a horror game in which you take the persona of an individual who is flying over Arizona, trying to check out uh, what happened to this one lady who lost her baby, all sorts of weird, crazy crap. You end up getting crash-landed into this little weird town. You're separated from your woman, and you're trying to find her, and lots of bad things happen. A cult's there. They're all like, hey, end of days and religion and stuff, and you get in the middle of the entire thing. It's very scary. It's a first-person game in which you got to use a camera to look, see, and then that provides you the horror-horror element. you got to hide from the enemies. They're always trying to kill you. And there's all sorts of cool little hints and books, things to find to figure out what the story is all about. A brutal game. Very, very disturbing. If uh, blood, gore, fear is not something you are part of, this is a game you want to avoid. It originally came out April 27th on the PlayStation 4 and all the other systems. But the reason I mention it is, once again, the Switch now has it. So you can play it handheld under the covers, under those blankets. If you like what you hear and you want something that's going to scare the bejeebus out of you, this might be a title to look at. Next up on the releases, dropping on the 23rd of March for only 25 bucks. it's Ash of God's Redemption, developed and published by RM Dust. This is a really weird game. I'm not sure how I'm going to describe it later, but I'm going to be talking about it later in the episode. So stick around for that. All right. Do you want to look for something? Do you want to get out of Wolf of Place? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I got a title for you. It's called A Way Out. This was developed by Hazel Light Studios and published by Electronic Arts. If you remember that guy who went crazy at the E3 talking about F this and F that. The Oscars. The Oscars. (laughs) This is the individual who made that title. And you know what? I'll talk more about it a little bit later. All I'll say for right now is it looks pretty interesting, and it's a cooperative game in which you have fun with a buddy. Next up, what would the hot new releases be without this game? Drop it on the 27th of March for 60 bucks. developed by Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Toronto, published by Ubisoft. You know it. You love it. It's Far Cry 5. It's more of the Far Cry stuff. This time you're in the, like, American, like, what would you call that? Not Midwest, but it's like Wester of the Midwest. What would you call that? The, the Montana mm-hmm. lands. Montana. You're not in the Badlands because there's like no, trees and such. But no. Like that f- far oh, westy Midwest. Midwest. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. Somewhere in like the northwestish, <laughs> midwestish regional area. And you dropped in. You're a deputy. You can play as a lady this time, so that's kind of cool. You can play as a lady or a dude. You're trying to figure out, oh, man, there's this crazy cult. You're trying to take it down. You're trying to do all kinds of stuff. You got all kinds of buddies. You got all kinds of animals. You got all kinds of crazy shit happening in this game. That's right. I said crazy shit. You are going to have to bleep that, Danny. I'm sorry. Ooh. But it's Far Cry... In Far Cry, crazy stuff happens. There you go. That, what, what more do you need? What more do you want? That's pretty much exactly what I was going to add to it. If you've ever seen or played Far Cry, this is another Far Cry full of awesome sauce and cults. 
So there you go. Get in there. Make your friend a peaches, the little, the little, what's it, cougar or she, I should say, because cougars are females. Mm. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Go make friends with peaches. Oh, I know the cougars are females. Let me tell you, I know all about peaches. She's my favorite down at the down at the old truck stop diner. <laughs> down the local <laughs> local truck stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but yeah, check out Far Cry Five. Boom, 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 boom. Last but not least in the releases is another title we're going to be talking a little bit about in the three topics we have for you today. That is Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. This was developed by Level 5, published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. It is sort of like a JRPG in some aspects, but it is so much more. Holy bajosis, I can't wait to tell you a little bit more about it. It was released as of March 23rd, 2018 on Microsoft Windows and the PlayStation 4. We'll let you know more about this beautiful game shortly. And I will say, if you weren't too much into Nino Kuni 1 just because it's more straight JRPG, you're going to want to stick around for this one because this has some elements I had no idea were even in this game. And they got me all excited. Number 3. All right, here's the title that me and Matt have talked about playing several times. I think we've been on the fence over it. It's leaning towards a no, I think, at this point. But that's only because of time and constraints with a billion other games we've got going. <laughs> I think it's a no because only one of us has to buy it, and I know who that will end up being. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I just, I'm just going to play Yakuza because that's coming out pretty soon, dude. It's like exactly. two weeks. <laughs> That is the funniest part, is that only one person has to buy this title if you have, and you have to have a buddy, because let me start off by saying this is a cooperative-only game. You have to have another person to play with. You take the uh, roles of Vincent Moriarty and Leo Caruso. Well, what had happened is both of them had their separate stories. They both end up in prison. You meet up through circumstances, and you become friends, or at least uh allies and you have to escape and then once you escape if you escape you have to do other things together to clear your names or get back to your other lives or whatever it is i'm not going to really tell you the story even though i did watch a whole bunch of it today and it's pretty darn nifty now what surprised me about this title is that i thought it was going to be like action the whole time through like Um. always these big events always something you're like hiding sneaking and doing and there is all that there are these huge sequences where you're working together to do a big a big thing Mm. but a lot of this game is you just doing mini games silly things messing around like playing connect four with one another Nice. Having arm wrestling fights with one another, playing baseball with one another, basketball with one another. <laughs> like in each area and you know, big scene, there's a, a lot of wiggle room where you can just walk around and interact and do goofy stuff together as a team, okay. which I found to be really cool because it kind of builds a, a, a little rapport between you two mm. and of course you and your buddy playing it can have a lot of fun you know like i said an arm wrestling smashing the x button see who wins something that simple is just amazing and then i think they even have like a game of pong or something in nice. there nice yeah so a lot of cool fun small time events to go through kind of just build up your relationship with one another and then in between all that are these big scenes in which you got to work together to get through a building, uh, raft down a river, obviously break out of a prison, all sorts of other stuff. And in between all that, they tell you the story of how Leo ended up in prison and what he's trying to do, his motivations, and the same with Vincent, his motivations, his family, what went wrong, how he ended up where he was. I have not watched the ending because, like I said, in case we did decide to play it, I wanted to keep it a secret because the game is pretty darn solid, but the ending is where it shines. 
There's supposed to be a huge, cool shinding and setup for this whole the whole thing. Mm. So I haven't seen that, but I have watched, like I said, many hours of the game itself. And it's a lot of fun. It's actually pretty in-depth. You get to really like these two characters working together and hanging out. And the whole time I feel like there's something big going to happen. And apparently there is because that's what I've read about just without spoiling mm. it. Great title. Looks like a lot of fun. If you want something to sit down and co-op with your buddy on the couch, getting your you know your two screens put together and go to town with it or via home, whatever, float your boat, this might be something you want to look at. Cool. Number two. So next up, we got a really strange game. Like I said before, I don't really know how I'm going to talk about this. It's Ash of God's Redemption. And basically, if you if you had to like put this thing inside of a box, it would be a roguelike, visual novel, tactical role-playing card game kind of a game. So it's all, all these disparate elements, and I don't know if they fit together to form a really good whole, but there's something about this game that just has its hooks in me. I don't have it, but I've been watching you know, the opening cutscene of it, watching some of the gameplay, watching some of the story bits, and there's just something about it, which is really weird because all these disparate elements, there's a lot of kind of jankety things in them. I'll kind of explain it a little bit more as we're going here. But the opening cutscene, it shows this giant battle, and the animation in this game is absolutely fantastic. It looks like those older, kind of really dark animations, like the the opening animation, the big cutscene, it kind of puts me in the mind of like Eon Flux, like that kind of like dark... It's, it's like a dark fantasy is the whole setting of the game, but it has that like those like really weirdly detailed bits and like also kind of like flowy bits. So it's it just that, that animation style that just hooks me. And then you're going into the story and basically the reaping was going around, which is this kind of plague or like miasma or something. And it's started this big giant war. A bunch of immortals sacrificed themselves to stop it. But now thousands of years later, it's coming back. So that's the basic setting of the story. You're playing as three different protagonists all their, you know, compatriots and all their buddies as this whole reaping is happening to the world, as it's coming up, as it's occurring. And the overarching bit of the game, it's very story heavy. So it's a lot of visual novel, reading a lot of conversations and all that. But eventually you get into, you know, kind of Final Fantasy tactics style battles where you're moving on a grid, you got abilities and all this stuff. And the cool thing about the battle system is it's got two different health bits. Like, you can attack people's stamina to keep them from doing strong attacks, or you can attack their vitality for hit points and give them wounds. And that's where the roguelike element comes in. Because as you as your characters take wounds, if their health goes all the way down, they get one wound, and they're out of the battle. If you get four wounds, that character's gone forever. And your protagonists can die, too. And the story will continue with them dead. So it's this really dark... Just like winding story, but the weird thing about it is the story is not told that well because it's translated from the original Russian. I guess it's a Russian game. So it's you get to these really long story segments that are really interesting and really in-depth, and then you get to like these parts where it's just not, the, the feeling's not there. So it's, there's something about this game, I don't know what it is, but it's got its hooks in me. I want to see more about it. It's got this just dark melancholy just depressing tone to it and look to it like the art is dark and everyone looks like beat upon and just we're going through this all this crap but it's also beautifully animated like the the animation is so smooth it just keeps your eye engaged during the fight scene so i don't know 
it's a long game. It's a big game. There's all kinds of story. There's all kinds of meat. You got those three protagonists, and their stories can go all kinds of different ways depending on all the different choices you make. So super deep, but is it worth getting that far into it? I don't know, but there's just something about it. I had to bring it up on the podcast. Dark, depressing game that just I want to get into it, but I don't know. I don't know if I should. So should you? You, I, you I don't shouldn't. know. You shouldn't. You're already dark and depressing enough. The last thing you need is more dark and depressing things to help you along. That's true. But there are a lot of wonderful, cheery things that I do like that we're going to talk about later. And I've always said there should always be that balance. You know, you get, hey, you know, half, happy, fluffy, Katamari Damacy cartoon game. Well, there's got to be something dark and depressing that kind of weighs it out. Uh, any kind of media, you got to have that. So this looks like one of those things for me. I'm probably going to get it eventually. I'm going to dig into it. I will say the reviews on it are kind of mixed just because of those negatives and because people are saying, hey, this is basically the Banner Saga again, which was a dark, mm-hmm. depressing, well-animated game. That one, for some reason, just didn't stick with me. This one totally is for some reason. But if you love the Banner Saga and you want more stuff like that, this is going to be right up your alley. If you hated it, you might hate this too, but give it a shot. Who knows? I know everyone else loved the Banner Saga. It just didn't hook me. So if it hooked you, check this out. Ash of God's Redemption. More dark, depressing storytelling. There you go. Number one. And speaking of dark and depressing, it's time for Nino Cooney. Oh, man. Blood and guts. Oh, it's terrible. There's no cuteness in this <laughs> game. None of that. No. <laughs> none at all. Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. So you mentioned earlier that this game surprised the heck out of you because you knew about Nino Kuni 1, and that was really kind of a solid state in the JRPG tropes and how things all work. Mm-hmm. This one breaks away from that quite a bit, actually. Oh, yeah. A lot more than I thought was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And I'll mention one way, and the most obvious way that kind of literally breaks it from being a JRPG, is the combat system changed entirely. It went to a uh, all-out action mm-hmm. type game where you're always in the battle. You're always running around fighting. You control your own character. The other players are AI controlled, so you basically just let them do their own thing, and you control the main character. Mm-hmm. And then you go about. It's a snappy, quick system. It looks gorgeous. It looks clean. And I know you're going to talk about probably the graphics in a minute mm-hmm. here, but God, it's so colorful and just nice and vibrant. Oh yeah, and it. Even watching it being played, I, I felt good watching the combat system mm-hmm. and watching those crisp, beautiful numbers pop up with the damage. I've always been a sucker for damage numbers, damage meters, oh, yeah. things like that. So whenever I see that pop up and I see what I just did, I feel great about myself. Now, see, the other part where it breaks away from the JRPG system that really intrigued me was the whole story is you're like the prince of a kingdom, your family gets murdered, and no big spoilers, this is the very opening of the game, and so you go off to basically find a place to have your own kingdom. And the whole, like, the whole crux of the story is you start off and, hey, we found a plot of land. Okay, well, now we have a little, like a tent, like a camp. Then it becomes a village. And then you got to build it into a town and then into a city and then into, like, a kingdom. And then after that, you have to go out and go around to visit other kingdoms to make them part of your whole little kingdom buddy structure. So it's all about going and meeting people, figuring out what they need to have done, their quests, how they're going to fit into your camp, what jobs you're going to assign them to once they get into the camp, and just like building an actual town. 
and city and kingdom and world eventually. So that just that just blew my mind. I had no idea that's what this that's what this game was about. I mean, it says kingdom in the title, but I was just expecting, oh man, the revenants are going to come, and you know, you're a little kid on a, on a mission to save his daddy this time or something. But it just it just blew my mind that it was this whole city or kingdom building, not simulator, but you know what I mean, right? No, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And this is the part that got me excited as well, was the whole kingdom building and everything. Think Breath of Fire 3, if any of you have ever played that title, when you had the fairy villages sitting there, and then you, the different fairies would be good at different little objects, and so you'd send them ones to be good at questing. You'd send them on questing, because it would be good at building. You'd build, they'd build the buildings and get the item shops up, etc. But on a much larger scale, mm-hmm. like Matt said, you start off with like a tent, poop, and then you start going out, and you pop, pop. Next thing you know, you've got someone who can do bricklaying. they got little brick towns, houses, and things going. And then you, they start selling items. Someone starts selling weapons, armor smithing, etc., etc. And it's such a wonderful feeling to just build that city, build your town, build your kingdom out into something large and prosperous and, and something able to give you actual real in-game benefits, which is the whole purpose of it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I thought that was just a fantastic addition. And another thing, kind of tying into the the cute graphics of the good wholesome feel that you get when you feel it, is I was reading up on this from you know one of the side Kotaku articles, and they were like, I really love just the side quests in this game because what do you do? You go and meet good people, help them do a good thing to make the world better, and then they join your kingdom to perpetuate this kind of thing. So it's a total. I mean. You would expect it would be a positive-style game based on just the art and everything. But just, hey, look, your whole goal is to make the world better. And that's what you're doing. Even as you're going out to these other kingdoms, you're trying to change the rulers' minds to make them more friendly and more accessible and do the right thing and, you know, do the good thing. So it's just, I don't know, something about that. In these dark times that we live in, Eric, where everybody's... Everybody's, you know, so focused on everything negative. I went on a rant on St. Patty's Day about it. You know, there's good things out there. And here's a game all about being the good thing, being the light, doing the good thing. That's something you need, too. You can't just play God of War all day and just rip people's heads off. You got you to gotta do good stuff. And so this kind of struck a chord with me for some reason. Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I will say on a side note, uh, a lot of the criticisms that are coming this way towards the game are in that... The main character is a one-note character in that he only wants what's good and right and what's good and right, and that's pretty much the one line mm-hmm. uh, he goes on the entire time. But as you said, well, sometimes that's not bad. Yeah. Does every character have to have a dark side or a or an agenda going on or some kind of subplot happening? I mean, Does he have to be an know, alcoholic rapist in the past? No. He yeah, could just exactly. be a kid no, who wants the world to. to be good, and he's making it good. Exactly, and has people following him because, hey, you know what? We want a good kingdom, too. We can have problems, but you know what? Let this one kid be okay and pure. That's fine. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay, people. We understand that none of you are pure. We understand that you're all poisoned. (laughs) But you know what? Let this poor one video game boy be pure at heart. Mm -hmm. It's okay. We can get through this. (laughs) I mean, mean, that's how it was back in the day. Mario didn't have a drinking problem. He was just a good guy. No. He's got to go save the princess. Hey, he did the right thing. There you go. Boom. That's it. Simple as pie. No big and deal. And he still does it, and people still love it. So there you go. There you go. Just shut your mouths, people. Think of him as Mario. 
So, as we just said, the the game is all about you rebuilding your own kingdom with the intention of it, it being done the right way and being uh, in a place of happiness and, and no more corruption and war and all this other good stuff. And then you accrue teammates and other players who think like-minded or want to support the idea that you have and they join party and away you go. It's a pretty simple story at, at its core, mm. but the add-ons are awesome. And did you see... The skirmishes and stuff that they've also included in this game. I heard a little bit about it, but not a, not a whole bunch. This game also has like the overtop view portion where you're gonna command troops, and then you'll go into like these skirmishes and attack like a, a fortress or uh, or just a, a, an embankment or something, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you'll send out troops to go, you know, flank, come around, etc. And then it's like a rock paper scissors type uh, gambit of whether you win or lose. Okay. So it's real simple and a little, I don't know, it seems kind of, I don't want to say put together roughly, but, but it sounds it's, like it's not fleshed out. It sounds like in Suikoden, because you had the normal RPG battles, you had one-on-one duels, and then you had army versus army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is exactly that. And the other commander would be like, oh man, I'm going to do the thing. And if he said, you know, the certain thing, it would indicate he was going attack, defense, or magic, and then you had those three options, and you had... Rock, paper, scissors, counters to it. That sounds awesome. I love that system in Sweet Coden. <laughs> well, it's in this one as well, Matt. So congratulations. It's in this one. <laughs> it does look a little simple, though. I don't, I don't I don't, see a lot of strategy involved with it, at least mm. the few that I saw. It was pretty much, hey, main unit attack here, this unit come and flank over here, this unit stay back up and support whichever side needs it. A rock, paper, scissors battle would ensue. Mm. If you look like you're losing, send the troops in to support. If you're not bada bing bada boom you take it you win it and away you go from what i hear this uh this particular system is only required of you a few times throughout the game and then the rest of it becomes like a side story a side mission that you can you know play with if you'd like to Mm. but you don't have to so even if you don't like it or think hey it's too simple for me i don't care you don't have to play it it's not something you have to go do except for the first couple times and if you do enjoy it, then you can dig right on in and have a blast with it. Cool. And speaking of digging right on into stuff, I want to circle back a little bit to the combat system because one of the things that I heard about it that I really enjoyed was, you know, you're going more action-based, but they said in a couple of those reviews that you can really tailor the combat system to the way you want to play it. Put your skills into dodging if you want to be a dodging ninja. Put them into heavy attacks if you just want to, like, go in there with a big old hammer and just be wailing away on people. You can put your points into different places to make it play the way you want to play it. So I thought that was really cool, too. Well, and that's where the RPG system really comes back in. And I saw that as well, and that's what got me all hyped up because I'm a fan of being able to make my Berserker Mm. and, of course, my, my tank and my heels. I'm just, I'm a sucker for tropes, and I love my characters to fall into a nice, pretty pillow and be what I want them to be. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the jack-of-all-trades type. Uh-huh. Uh, I've always found that that never works out well for me, so I loved when, like you said, when they said that uh, you can boop, 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 dodge up, make them, you know, flying around the course. It was, it was amazing. Mm. I liked it. And did you know anything about, uh, I didn't get to see much about those little, your little followers, there's a bunch of little like the little um, happy deals or whatever. The little happy, yes. The game has a whole bunch of these little fluffy things following you around and helping you in combat, and they're also part of the uh, skirmishing system. Mm-hmm. 
but I honestly didn't know too much about those guys. I, I saw a couple a picture of it and like a little write up, and I was like, "Ooh, I need to come back to that," and I never had a chance to. But I know in the first one, did you get like monster familiars that you could like train up with you? That was the big shtick. Is in the first one you got a monster familiar, and then they did away with that, and now you have all these little raindrop slime looking things that mm. follow you around and help you out. I just don't know to what extent they help you out. So. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. I did kind of skim that paragraph, but it didn't. It didn't stick with me. So, well, there you go, boys and girls. <laughs> I don't know everything. I didn't see anything in the reading and watching. I did. You got some happy dealies. If you know about happy dealies, let us know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just know they're in it. So if someone mentions to you, hey, do you know about the little raindrop-looking people? Yes, I do. They're in there fighting with you. They sure are. <laughs> <laughs> they're there to help you. Help us help you. That's right. <laughs> I don't think I had too much more. I just, I just want it. I just want it. No, I, I am, I'm wholeheartedly wanting this title myself mm. because it looks just gorgeous. It looks fun. Shay's in love with it. A buddy oh, of he's ours, got it too. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. He played the first one all the way through. Yeah. Loved that one, and he's loving this one as well. So he says this one's just as good, but in a different way, mm-hmm. which obviously makes sense now if we've looked and researched it. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get it. I'm just gonna have to get it. Just do it, man. Once I finish Batman no. and I get all depressed and sad, then I'll get Nino Kuni mm-hmm. 2 and just be, ha, 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 woohoo. I think you'll be happy because that game looks like a ton of fun. I'm I'm on board, too. It's just, like, I just don't know. I got mm. so much stuff I'm playing and doing. God, <laughs> no time. I can't play any of it. <laughs> so since we got no time, because it is quarter end, right. it's yeah, time to wrap the show up. Imposters Wrap Up. So, of course, if you guys got any games you want to tell us about, if you guys got any feedback for us, any questions, any comments, any concerns, if you just want to say hi, you can do that via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshift.me, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. And we do also have a wonderful Patreon set up where we have several awesome patrons already over there hooking us up. If you like what you hear, like what we're doing, please head on over there. Consider throwing us a buck, three bucks, five bucks. We have some cool tiers set up for different things you can get for throwing in a couple bucks to us. All sorts of wonderful things over there. It helps us build our empire here at Third Shift, and it helps you get some cool exclusive content and access to fun things that we're up to. If you can't, that's fine as well. You know what? Freaking likes, five stars, messages, mailbag questions, all those things are also wonderful ways to support us, and we'd appreciate any and all of those things. Just want to say a big thank you to everybody who support us now and in the past. You guys are awesome. Absolutely. And, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on a Tuesday. So we'll be back in your ear holes on the 17th of April for our very next episode. And you can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. As Eric always says, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. And I promised you guys a story today about why five stars are so important and why we need them, okay? So, an event happened recently, Matt. I was in the forest. I was searching for fey stones, which are very powerful stones that I need for my shrines. In particular, the Joe Shrine needs a little bit of love. So I'm out here looking for fey stones, and I hear something say, Hey, hey, hey. And I'm all, immediately, immediately, I'm, I'm, I'm alert. 
no one's ever out in the woods with me when I'm looking for these things. Never. Never. I turn around. There's a rabbit sitting there. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look at him and I stare at him, well, you know, as I should. And he goes, yeah, me. I'm talking to you. Rabbits don't talk, man. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> he said, I hear you. You want to know about these five stars. You want to know where they all come from, huh? Well, guess what? They don't all just come from people, you know. And I said, well, what the hell are you talking about? Oh. Yeah, they come from animals, too, you know. I don't know, obviously. Are you going to tell me? Follow me. So he starts racing along, and now I'm running, man. I can't keep up with the rabbit. I'm fat. I'm old. I'm overweight. I'm trying my best. So I'm running, and I'm hitting tree branches. I'm going nuts. He comes up to a weird little cave. I don't think I've ever seen this cave before, ever. I've been in these woods many times. I've had many shrines in my time, and I've never seen this cave. He jumps in there. I go crawling in after him, and just pure blackness comes and consumes us. Soon enough, all of a sudden, it opens up. And this is beautiful forest, just weirdest looking place I've ever seen. If you've ever seen Fillory from Magicians or Narnia, think of this. This is where I ended up, okay? And he gets up and he says, well, follow me, I'm going to show you something. And I said, why the hell are you even talking to me? What is what is happening right now? Am I sleeping? Am I dreaming? Did, did something happen to me with some of these face stones I got a hold of? What's No, he says... This is a realm in which we've always lived. All of us. I go, well, who's all of you? And the animal kingdom. What the hell are you talking about, animal kingdom? The animal kingdom. We used to be part of your world, but we were forced out because they didn't want war between the humans and the animals. So we created our own kingdom in which we live. Okay, all right. You know, I'm biting. You know, it sounds. This sounds typical of some weird fantasy all right cool <laughs> so we're walking along and, he, and he's telling me he says well okay you want to hear the story all right let me hear the story what's what's going down here he says well long ago we warred with one another and we were forced out of the normal earth the face earth okay i get it all right he says well we lived here for many years and only access through as if in the animal kingdom they want us to see them and I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. So you guys can still contact us, but you're completely hidden. In other words, yeah, that's the idea, yes. Well, as it happens, we didn't have the necessary means to make some of the things we knew humans had. And as we grew smarter, we needed these things. Needed the, uh, the spindles and things like that to start making clothing and do all the fun things that humans do, right? Mm. Okay, and I'm like, well, all right, I get it. So our elders started making contact with the humans again, and they wanted to trade. Well, all right, that makes sense. And he goes, well, the problem is we didn't have much in trade. So what did we do? Well, humans needed animals to eat. That's just for furs, for you know, furs and eating, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. A basic human need. As the populations grew, they needed more food. They didn't have it here on on Earth, your Earth. So they came to us when we allowed them to, and we started capturing other villages of rotten animals, animals, undesirable animals. Mm-hmm. If animals were debilitated, mentally ill mentally fraught, anything imbalanced with them, or just undesirable. You know, some animals are just assholes, okay? (laughs) Those animals would be rounded up and traded to the humans for the knowledge and the resources to make us a more civilized race. And I said, that sounds pretty damn jacked up. Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, it is, and it was. 
And I go, all right, well, is that all? That doesn't really, doesn't really help me. Uh, that's not what I want to know about. He says, okay, well, I'm getting to that. All right? So years have gone by, and this has been a practice here. We've, we've decided through this time that by getting rid of anybody we didn't think it was desirable, we're going to make our, our whole system better. We're going to refine our gene pools and become the best that we can be. This is bad for you because someday we'll be smarter, faster, better than humans in every way. I said, well, that definitely is bad. Mm-hmm. He said, but that still isn't what you want to know. The part that you want to know is you, these things you call podcasts, YouTube, streaming, that all came about. And I said, yeah, it did. I remember when it started popping up. Mm-hmm. One big deal. But, yeah, it's gotten big, pretty big now. He says, yeah, well, remember, you know, the five-star ratings started popping up. Those those big stars, everybody needed them and everybody wanted them. And as you already know, five stars require souls. I said, yeah, I found that out the hard way you know, on several occasions. Now. He says, well, cognizant animals have souls, my friend. Mm-hmm. Really? What? Yes. Once you learn to think and do and have a will of your own, you have a soul. And I said, Okay. I said, all right, that sounds pretty crazy. He says, well, what had happened was the five-star gods that be, the iTunes, found out that the governments were trading with our kingdoms in furs and animal flesh for feeding the masses. And they said, wait a minute, let's do some testing. And they found out that we have souls. So now they harvest us. They harvest us. Why do I keep saying us? That's crazy. <laughs> this is what happens when you're in a magical kingdom. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he says they harvest us all over. They've been coming in illegally with smugglers, letting them in, coming in, killing our people, killing anybody, even even those who weren't supposed to be. And they're taking us and then killing us and slaughtering us and capturing our souls to turn them into five stars. I said, that is messed up. This whole time we're walking and we reach the town finally. And it's a beautiful, quaint little town. Imagine just a nice little brook-filled town. It's a brick housing, nice thatch roofing, quaint, quiet roads. Everybody seems friendly. But I see it off to the left. Huge cage system with all these children animals, defenseless animals. Some of them missing an eye. Some of them got no foot. Some of them just seem a little touched in the head. There's all sorts of look thug-looking. There's a couple lions in there that just pissed off angry about life and they're just yelling and hollering and i understand them all you know most of them are just crying well he looks over and he says you see them i said well yes i see him he says those are all getting ready to be transported to your realm for soul harvesting and those of, of course that you consume will also then be chopped up and fed to your masses i said oh what the hell what kind of monsters would do this what kind of monsters would go capture their own people and then give them away to be harvested and killed and slaughtered? This is madness. He said, well, who's madness, though? Is it our side? Is it your side? Who's wrong? I have both sides are wrong, but geez, oh, Pete, if you stopped your end, we could never find you, right? Well, yeah, because only we can contact you. So in the end, y'all are going crazy over here. He says, yeah, that's why I led you here. So we got in there. And all of a sudden, they looked up. And I said, what the hell is going on here? And I told them. I said exactly what I just said. What kind of monsters are you that you're going to give your own people over to our people to be harvested for five-star ratings and for freaking food and whatnot? And 
and they just they just did not like that. They got pissed off, man. Mm-hmm. It was like a glamour took over them. The entire town just seemed to come up under a spell or a feral need to kill me. And all of a sudden, they came rushing me, man. They didn't know, though. I had my Glock in my back pocket. And I had three clips, baby. Extended clips. And I'm an expert marksman, if you didn't know. I pulled that sucker out. And much like rolling the gunslinger, babe. I shot every last one of them damn animals dead, man. Every last one dead. And then I freed those poor... Those poor animals in those cages. Good. And I said, I'm giving you a chance. And you know what they did, though, man? They disappointed me. They said, well, what else are we supposed to do? What else are we? I said, well, anything. Be free. They'll just catch us again. Well, don't let them catch you. Build up a town. Build up a fortress or something. Protect yourselves. And they just looked at me blankly. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know what to do. And in that moment, I just realized, I said, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't even know what's happening now. So I looked at the rabbit, and he looked at me. And I said, what did you want from me? He said, mm-hmm. Just thought I'd tell you the story, man. Let you know what's happening. <laughs> he said, then you, then you killed the whole town. <laughs> I said, well, I, mean, I thought that's what you wanted. <laughs> and so, of course, I start to wander off. And he says, oh, but you didn't know. The others are coming. What the hell do you mean the others are coming? Oh, well, didn't you think we'd have a police force, a military force? You thought we'd just sit here in these little little happy hovels, all primitive and stupid? Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure enough. Sure enough, I hear a roaring and just this clamoring in the woods, and they poured out tons of animals, armed to the teeth, going nuts. They didn't have guns, thank goodness, because I'd probably be dead. So I start running. I'm booking it, hightailing it back the way we came. I make it in the nick of time, jump through the cave portal door, back in, instantly turn around to see what the hell's going on. Cave's gone. All gone. Man. I got my face stones. I went home. I went, what the hell, man? We're not only consuming human souls of the failed YouTubers, of the podcasters, of the streamers, of all the lost individuals who thought they were going to stay in a market and failed to stay in a market, and their souls were broken and lost. We not only harvest the souls of those lost children and old men that no one loves, (laughs) but we harvest the souls of these poor, dang animals who did nothing but want to live a happy life and get termed indesirable and are sold to humans not only for their souls, but for slaughtering for their flesh and their skins to boot. Terrible, man. Terrible. Welcome to Third Shift, the first ever vegan podcast. That's right. (laughs) And with that, I say, I want your five-star ratings, everybody. So please, (laughs) please head on over there. (laughs) I want all the five stars. Now, see, as soon as it turned into a five-star factory, I was picturing, like, in the animal kingdom, a an animal George Orwell or Rudyard Kipling who's grown up and he's writing the version of Animal Farm slash The Jungle, and it's just called Five Star Farm. <laughs> five-star farm. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Four stars good. Five stars better. Four stars good. Five stars better. <laughs> five stars better. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Man. So we do need your five-star ratings, boys and girls, ladies, gents, hims, hers, maybes, whosevers, doesn't matter, anybody and everybody. Robots. Robots. You don't want genders. robots to vote, but I, I, I respect your five-star ratings, robots. <laughs> yeah. Eric is a robot, as his known robot racist. But I am a known robot racist. I will admit to that. So we do appreciate those five stars, and we do, even though they come from the souls of all these poor sons of guns, we still want those five-star ratings. They're very important to us. So if you liked what you hear, please head over there. And give us a five-star rating. For the love of freaking Bajosis and the love of these poor, debilitated, dead animals, give us a five-star rating. There's one five-star rating I want more than any other five-star. But I'm going to save that for another day. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and with that, I'm just going to say, don't, don't forget, forget to save. To save.